Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, we're at halftime of the uh, the big show uh, at noon today. Lunch with listeners. We'll talk a little bit about the Mariners, who, by any definition, are off to a pretty good start, given all the injuries and the weird schedule they've had to play through. John Feinstein slides in to visit with us at 12.30 this afternoon. Oh, by the way, 12.30 tomorrow, Brad Evans, former uh, Sounders FC, current Kansas City sporter. Uh, will uh, be with us as well. One of my all-time favorite Seattle athletes. Brad was as good as they, they came and, and, and just did the job here for years and years. He'll be with us tomorrow. Right now, though, on the uh, the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, uh, here, here he sits, uh, heating it up for us from down in Portland, where he's taken a day or two to collect his thoughts before beginning what uh, what could be a long and interesting playoff grind for the Trail Blazers. Kevin Calabro. Kevin, welcome back. How are you, sir? Yes, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. Welcome back to the airwaves. I thought yesterday really was one of the coolest things ever happened to me because it just it felt like old home week when we had you scheduled <laughs> and you and you came up with something more important to do. I'm like, this feels exactly <laughs> like my old show. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, chaotic as always. Uh, yeah, double booking. So uh, you know, here we are. But you know, actually, uh, today's a better day than it was yesterday because things have, of course, shaken out, and now we know our seedings. Uh, the Blazers are set to play as the number three seed, and they've got the New Orleans Pelicans coming at them with uh, the Blazers holding home court advantage. So I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to getting back down to New Orleans. I spent a lot of time there the last year. You know how I love that Cajun cooking. Well, and, and you're going to be right on the edge of Jazz Fest, so there'll be some good music if you if you fancy that. What's New Orleans like as an NBA town? It, it I always... You know they haven't gotten a lot of attention. They haven't made a big deep run or anything. But but when I was down there about a year ago, I actually went down to Jazz Fest and I saw the colors around. People were wearing the jerseys and the shirts and the hats. How's the league taken to New Orleans, and how's the city taken to the league? Well, you know I think it's actually it's improved down there. Uh, they they add Demarcus Cousins to that mix, and it's, it's too bad for them uh, that he tore his Achilles and of course out for the year. Uh, went down game 48 of the season. They've, they've actually played pretty well, uh, you know, considering what a, a, a tremendous force he is. They're 20 and 14 without him. And Anthony Davis is having an MVP type year. I think any other year he would probably be named the MVP, but James Harden is playing so doggone well. And Houston, of course, had a great success. And I think you could also look at uh, Anthony Davis as a defensive player of the year as well. But I think all of that is certainly recognized out in New Orleans from the fans. You see bigger houses there. You see, um, in terms of attendance, uh, you see uh, more merchandise on the streets. You just get a feel that, uh, you know, it's obviously a huge football town. Uh, Mm -hmm. First and foremost, football is king down there. But I think because of the involvement of the players, uh, DeMarcus Cousins have been very involved down there. He's, uh, he, I guess, co-produces several concerts and so forth like that. So, you know, they've gotten out in the community, and I think they've done a real nice job as, as an organization. It was, I think, tenuous down there for years, but I think now they're starting to get their footing. And, and you're right, this is, a, this is a big series for them because it saved a lot of jobs. Uh, I know their general manager. I know their coach. There were, there were jobs up for grabs had they not made the playoffs. So they're in, and uh, they're going to be uh, very difficult, I think, in the first round. And they have, uh, they may be, but they have got their hands full with a guy who I have really come to enjoy watching. I know you have too. Portland's a good team, a deep team, a young team, but boy, it all starts 
uh, with Dame Lillard and the the job this young guy has done in emerging as a superstar, which kind of has come over the last two years, Kevin. Uh, for fans who haven't seen him, and I'm sure most people have, but th- this guy's game is spectacular. Well, it really is. He's he's six three. He's one ninety. He's got a, a boxer's mentality. He's got great toughness. He's very poised. He's a terrific leader. Uh, he doesn't get too high emotionally and doesn't get low. He knows that it's a, a long marathon. He's a marathon runner. I mean, he just keeps a, a nice, steady, calm pace about him. He's a very durable player. He's ranked consistently in the top 10 and minutes played per game over the first six years uh, that he has played in the NBA. Um, this year, he's top five in minutes, uh, 36 and a half minutes played per night. And, and I mean, he gets it done. He's only missed seven games this year because of some nagging injuries, but fifth in the league in scoring. Uh, he's in the top 10 consistently and assisted just under seven a game. Uh, he's a tremendous three-point shooter. Going into last night's game, he was second in the association in threes attempted right behind James Harden wow. uh, and shooting 36% from three and number one in free throw shooting gas at uh, just under 92%. So you can see this guy's getting about seven and a half attempts a game as well from the line. So he's not afraid to take it into the paint, go to the rim hard. Uh, when he gets to the line, he converts. He's a crunch time player. He's among the leaders, top three in the NBA in second half scoring and in fourth quarter scoring as well. They have a saying here. It's called Lillard time. When in the fourth quarter, when you're down, you need a bucket or when you're trying to secure a win, they go to Damian Lillard and, uh, and he gets it done. But, you know, by no means is he carrying the entire the entire team. That's what I like about this Blazer team. They went from 41 wins last year to 49 this year because they're the sum of their parts. I mean, everybody chips in. Uh, may, it may not be spectacular, uh, but they, they do it by committee on, on a lot of nights. You know, and Lillard's got another guy next to him, fifth-year pro, C.J. McCollum, who's sensational. He's averaging 21.5 a game. But Dame is the guy. He's been, you know, this is the third time he's been named an All-Star. He's been All-Pro twice and uh, my, my guess is that he'll be named uh, he could be named first team all nba this year i, I think yeah, you can make a case for him i'm not sure if uh, if terry stotts who of course was up here for years as an assistant with george and has been the head coach for several seasons now in portland i'm not sure if he'll tighten the rotation like most coaches do in the playoffs but to your point kevin i think i counted up 11 guys with double figure minute averages for this team, I mean that that's deeper than many NBA teams, and that's a, that's a guy in Stotts who has clearly learned how to divide that up. That can be the trickiest thing a coach has to do, but a lot of guys play for you guys. Well, that's a good point. You know, the, the, as I mentioned, the Blazers won forty-one last year, and they really didn't add anybody other than two rookies, uh, Biggie Swanigan, who you know quite well, following the Big Ten, Big Ten Player of the Year out of Purdue, West Lafayette, Indiana, and then the guy that everybody, of course, up there in Washington knows about and just played his. Freshman there at Gonzaga, and that is, of course, uh, Zach Collins, who did such a terrific job in the Final Four a year ago or two years ago. You know, a rookie, uh, the guy's seven feet, he's long, he's really coming along. He's played in 65 games this year and has been a real factor over the last two, two and a half months coming off the bench with uh, the eight-year pro from North Carolina, Ed Davis. Those two guys come in and give us a great deal of defense, uh, good screen-setting, uh, uh, Collins is really developing into a nice pick and pop three point shooter. Guy can put it on the deck, take it to the rim, can post up. They're quite high on him. They traded two first round draft choices to get him and to move up to number 10 in the draft, uh, and had Sacramento take him for him uh, last summer. So, yeah, it's, I think that's one of the reasons that you, you know, you've seen these minutes spread because you've had the development of good young players. Another guy by the name of Shabazz Napier, people may remember from the tournament. 
champ, two championships at UConn and um, uh, was outstanding in his, his last year there at UConn and the uh, NCAA was named the most, uh, uh, how do they put that? It's the MVP, but they call it something else in the Final Four. But, you know, a great college player, but, you know, kind of bounced around a little bit between Miami and, and Orlando and, and just couldn't find a, a, a foothold. But uh, he has found a great home here in Portland this year. And, and you're right, Terry Stott's very creative coach. At times, he has actually started Napier with the two guards, uh, CJ and with Dame. And you've got uh, Dan Dan Burke, the longtime assistant uh, with the Indiana Pacers uh, after uh, the Blazers went into Indiana and, and, and beat uh, the Pacers earlier this year, called Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum Thing 1 and Thing 2. <laughs> we call we call Napier Thing 3 when they put those guys out on the floor. <laughs> man, it's, like, it's like a Dr. Seuss book run amok. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> And it creates a you know a whole lot of conflict for the other teams trying to track down three guys at that size and handle it and shoot it as well as they do. I was a little surprised a year. It's over a year ago now, but the uh, the Nurkic trade I didn't see it at first. I'm like I'm not sure what they're trying to do here. And and he came in and it's tough when you come in in the middle of a season to get up to speed. But boy, do I like his game this year. And then he gives you a, a I mean you got a couple of good big guys, but he, he's he, I I just like what I see with this guy, and it sure seems to me like he really emerged as a guy this year who could be counted on. Yeah, I mean, he's 23 years old, Gas. That's the upside. I mean, he's 7 feet. He's 280. Uh, they they got him to shed some weight last year. He's quicker now. He can play longer minutes. You know, he's averaging 14 points, 9 rebounds, a block and a half, one of the you know top 15 shot blockers right now in the league, and, and a guy that's certainly capable of scoring double-doubles on, on any given night, and Really coming on strong, and you know they they made that trade last year. The Blazers did uh, Mason Plumley uh, to Denver in exchange for Nurkic and a first round draft choice, and that was one of those picks that they parlayed to get Zach Collins. So it was a great pickup. But Nurkic had been really inconsistent in Denver. He'd been unhappy. He was playing behind Jokic, who's just a great five man there. Uh, but he got on board here, and you know it speaks, I think, to the leadership of Damian Lillard. Lillard took him under his wing, and, and Dame really now has made uh, Nurkic a, a great partner in screen and roll. The Blazers run a lot of pick and rolls. About 40% of Damian Lillard's assists go to Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, the guy's just a factor. And, you know, last year after they made that trade, the Blazers went 13-3 and in the month of March and, and had another great March this year. And, and Nurkic is, is playing very, very well. I mean, he's He's going to be a guy that's going to be a, a, a tough matchup for Anthony Davis in this playoff series. Nothing's uh, given, and, and the Pelicans will provide uh, certainly a, a rough opposition. But should the Blazers get through there, uh, it really gets interesting. Is this team young that it still is, but emerging as, I think, a team to really watch? Do, do, do they have it in them to, to go toe-to-toe with the Warriors if that's how it broke in the second round? Well, it seems like every year the Blazers... Yeah, right. They're playing Golden State in the first round. Right. So you know they've 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 been to war with the Warriors uh, last year. You just talking about Nurkic. It's uh, that's I think a, a a pretty good segue. Nurkic did not play except for the one game because he broke his leg uh, two weeks before the end of the regular season. Uh, they got him back. He was you know he's not even fifty percent and played one game before they pulled him against the Warriors. But that screen and roll combination, I think, is uh, is going to be uh, tough for New Orleans to handle. It will be very difficult for the Golden State Warriors to handle because they like to switch everything with their size. Uh, they're all long, very, very mobile. 
Uh, but Nurkic has just got great mass and mobility. It's going to be a tough matchup for a guy like Draymond Green. I'm, I'm really, I, you know, I'm just hopeful the, the Blazers get by New Orleans. And, uh, of course, with great respect to San Antonio, uh, Golden State's going to have to get by them without Steph Curry. Uh, I was looking at the injury report today. It looks like Curry would be back in time for a second-round series. But, you know, uh, how spry is he going to be? How nimble is he going to be after a sprained knee? Um, you know, is he going to be able to, to to handle it and drive the way that he's been capable of doing, uh, which, of course, sets up his ability to shoot that great three-point shot from any kind of range. I mean, all of these factors uh, go into play when when you get into uh, into the NBA playoffs. Really looking forward to that. And what, just one other point, you mentioned the youth of the Blazers. I just saw a note this morning. The Blazers have the youngest team right now in the playoffs. They have the no second kidding. youngest team in the NBA, only to Phoenix, but the youngest squad in the playoffs. And, you know, this is a club that has been to the playoffs the last five years. So, uh, you know, that's, that's quite an achievement, I think. Fun club to watch. What about uh, out east? I, I, I'm i tempted to say throw a blanket over the first four. You could make a case for or against any of them right now. And I think the second four in the east, all four are capable of pulling off a surprise. Uh, how, how do you see the east shaping up? Well, I think, you know, things really change with Kyrie Irving and that being available to Boston, yeah. uh, certainly, you know, in a matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks. I, you know, I think Boston with a home court advantage, uh, given that the Bucks have really kind of struggled here down the stretch. I, I like Boston in that series, but I don't like them to go any further than that. Uh, it looks like the Raptors are injury-free. Uh, you know, every year people predict that the Raptors are going to you know, achieve and, and get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see. I mean, they're going to take on a Wizards team, I think, that's really hurting. They do have John Wall back, but I think Bradley Beal has just been played out. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> rung out yeah. and dead coming down the stretch. I, you know, the Pacers are terrific. That's, you know, of course, near and dear to our hearts, being from, from Indianapolis, Indiana, being old Pacer fans, and the job that Nate McMillan did back 10, Mr. Ooh. Sonic, just sensational this year. You know, you consider you trade Paul George. They were predicting doom and gloom out there, and Oladipo's been great. So bonus has been terrific. And, again, another team that's in some other parts, a young squad that won 48 games, sensational. But even though uh, it, you know, it's been a great story, I, I, I like the Cavaliers to win there, and and I like the Cavs to win the East. Uh, with all due respect to, uh, to the Sixers, they're going to beat uh, uh, probably beat Miami, I think, in the first round. They'll be a tough, tough number. Um, Embiid's going to have to play with a mask because he, he broke the orbital bone around his eye. Uh, it's been, what, now a week and a half or so ago. That could hinder him a little bit. But, boy, that guy, I mean, that dude is a force of nature. And Ben Simmons and uh, Donovan Mitchell are going to battle for that rookie of the year. Simmons is the closest thing I've I've seen to Magic Johnson since, you know, 32 is patrolling the floor. Hmm. Great comparison. The uh, the broadcasts have been really fun to listen to. You and Lamar have an, a nice, easy chemistry. And i got to say, I mean, I, I laugh out loud a, a couple times a game, but I don't know if I've laughed louder. And it's been over a year, so maybe I need to come up with a new anecdote. But you guys are doing where in the world are you rooting for the Blazers one night a year ago, and whoever's got their little Blazer shirt on is rooting for the Blazers at Loch Ness in Scotland. And, and, and you say to Lamar, that's where, or you say it's Loch Ness, and, and, and you say to Lamar, that's where the Loch Ness monster lives. And there's a pause, and Lamar goes, yeah, but, but he doesn't really exist, does he? And then you paused the perfect amount of time and said, well, I don't know, but if you're swimming there, I bet you keep your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> you, sure, you sure do. Yeah, Lamar has a phobia 
with with sharks and with snakes, and I and I try to play that to my advantage on the air whenever I can. That's good. That's good. We'll we'll keep it up. And uh, big news for you, since you've done a great appearance for us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. All of our guests, the next time a toilet is clogged in any of the Calabro houses, call Beacon Plumbing. Use my name, and they'll be right there. Well, I was expecting a monkey wrench, but I'll take that guy. Yeah, we'll send a monkey wrench in the mail, too. I hope you have a nice, long, deep run, Kevin. This is a fun team, and uh, it'd be fun for the fans down there to, to keep the season going for a while. So good luck to you to you and the Blazers, and thanks for the visit. Uh, thanks very much, and for you Sonic fans, uh, keep the faith. It will happen eventually. There you go. Long-time voice of the Sonics with a uh, with a brief pep talk for the Sonics fans. Yeah, you know, after talking to Tim Laiwiki yesterday, I'm a little more optimistic about that possibly happening here, the NBA coming back and uh, and how much fun uh, that would be. Meanwhile, and I know for uh, dyed-in-the-wool Sonics fans, you can't even bring yourself to root for the Blazers, and that's fine. I'll tell you, I haven't watched them a lot this year because they're on a lot and because I like hearing Kevin. They are a fun, fun team to watch, and I hope they're able to get past New Orleans because I think a second-round matchup between... Uh, between the Warriors and the Blazers would be a very entertaining one for basketball fans everywhere.